On today's Exploring History podcast, I'll share a story of trailblazing community leaders in a family that extends over multiple generations in both Canada and the United States. Welcome to Exploring History with Ray Notgrass, a production of Notgrass History. We Americans are most familiar with the British exploration and settlement of North America, but other countries sent explorers and settlers here also, most notably Spain and France. In addition, settlers from the Netherlands established what eventually became New York City. The activities of France in the New World are vitally important to Canada and also in what is now Louisiana. People of French descent also played an important part on the American frontier. Jacques Cartier was born in France the year before Christopher Columbus first sailed to the New World. In 1534, King Francis I of France sent Cartier across the Atlantic to search for a northwest passage to the Pacific. Cartier entered the Gulf of St. Lawrence and sailed past what are now Prince Edward Island and New Brunswick. He met members of the native nations of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, whom the French called the Iroquois, placed a cross in the region of the Gaspé Peninsula, and claimed the area for France. Cartier conducted two other expeditions to the St. Lawrence region, the last in 1542. He explored and mapped the St. Lawrence River as far as the area that became Montreal. Cartier heard two indigenous peoples say the Iroquoian word Canada, which means village. This is the origin of the name of Canada. In 1608, French explorer Samuel de Champlain built a fortress beside the St. Lawrence River at what is now Quebec City. This city would become the capital of New France. Our story today begins in 1634. In that year, Gaspard Boucher sold his farm in France. The next year, he and his wife sailed to New France with their children. Their oldest son, Pierre, was 13 years old. In this period, French Jesuits were actively working as missionaries among the native nations who lived near the St. Lawrence River. Gaspard Boucher was a carpenter. Jesuits who lived on a farm near Quebec City hired him to work for them. The Jesuits, in turn, educated the Boucher children, paying particular attention to Pierre. In 1637, young Pierre went to live in a Jesuit mission near the shore of Lake Huron. For four years, Pierre served as an assistant at the mission that was called St. Marie Among the Hurons. While there, Pierre learned their customs and language. Pierre Boucher returned to Quebec City in 1641. He became a soldier, an interpreter, and an agent for France to the native peoples. He also became an assistant to the first governor of New France. Boucher rose quickly from the rank of private to sergeant. The three major cities along the St. Lawrence River in Quebec province today are from east to west, Quebec City, Trois-Rivières, or Three Rivers, and Montreal. Please pardon my inaccurate pronunciation of French. 
1634, Samuel de Champlain arranged for a fort to be constructed at Trois-Rivières. Missionaries founded Montreal in 1642. In 1644, Pierre Boucher, now 22 years old, became the official interpreter and clerk of Trois-Rivières. His parents joined him there. Pierre soon became the captain of Trois-Rivières. Settlers living there constantly faced the threat of attack by native nations. Boucher required all residents to contribute labor to the town and to move inside the stockade. Samuel de Champlain had a dream of French men marrying women of native nations. Boucher agreed with Champlain. In 1649, Boucher married Marie-Madeleine Oebadinokoué of the Huron Nation. She had been a student at the first school for girls in North America. The Ursuline Order of Nuns had established the school in Quebec City in 1639. Sadly, Marie died in childbirth the same year they were married. Three years later, Boucher married Jeanne Crevier. Jeanne had also been born in France and had become a pioneer in New France with her family. In 1653, most of the settlers of New France were so fearful of the Haudenosaunee that many talked of abandoning the colony altogether and returning to France. That August, 600 Iroquois warriors surrounded the fortifications at Trois-Rivières. Inside were Pierre Boucher and only about 40 men plus women and children. Most of the men were either teenagers or elderly. For nine days, the Iroquois laid siege to the fort. Every time the Iroquois attacked, the citizens of Trois-Rivières returned fire from inside the fort. In the way that Boucher returned fire, he tricked the Iroquois into thinking that many people were inside the fort. Finally, the attackers asked for peace. Boucher went out of the fort alone so that the Iroquois would not know that such a small number of defenders was inside the fort. The Iroquois agreed to return all the prisoners they had previously captured and to send their leaders to Quebec to make peace with the governor of New France. For his bravery and leadership, Boucher has been called the man who saved New France. Although the French monarchy had authorized the settlement of New France, the French government was not very good at supporting its colonies. When a new governor arrived in Quebec in 1661, he decided to send someone to the court of King Louis XIV in France to ask the king to send help to the struggling colony. The governor chose Pierre Boucher. Less than two months after that new governor arrived in New France, Boucher was on a ship bound for Paris. Boucher met with Louis XIV and received the king's promise of aid. A member of the king's court asked Boucher to write a report about the natural resources of New France and the reasons why the king should keep the colony. The king gave Boucher a title of nobility, making him a seigneur, similar to a lord in England. Boucher was the first citizen of New France to receive this honor. When Boucher returned from France, the king sent with him two ships, 100 soldiers, and ammunition. Boucher himself borrowed money to pay for the passage of 100 more male settlers. Boucher's mission had met with great success. It was a major turning point in the history of New France. 
From then on, the French government took greater interest in its North American colony. Boucher wrote the report that the member of the court had asked him to write. The book was published in Paris in 1667. It describes the flora and fauna of New France and the people who lived there. This book, the first written by a permanent resident in New France, had a great impact in attracting more French settlers to come to New France. The king sent even more troops to help the colony. Many years later, a descendant of Boucher translated the book into English, and it is still available to read. The government of New France was organized in a similar fashion to medieval Europe. It gave certain seigneurs tracts of land. Other settlers lived and worked on the land but did not own it. The seigneuries, or plots of land, along the St. Lawrence River were not very wide, but they were quite deep. The properties were arranged in this way so that each manor would have access to the river. Properties in France along a river were arranged the same way. At age 45, Boucher left public life and moved to his seigneury along the southern shore of the St. Lawrence River. Boucher had a dream of establishing an exemplary seigneury. Settlers who lived on a seigneury paid dues to live there. Boucher made his dues low and farmed his own lands himself rather than requiring other settlers to work for him. By 1673, Boucher had built a manor house. He recognized 37 settlers who had shown themselves worthy citizens and gave them titles to their land. In 1686, the governor of New France wrote that the Boucher family had worked the hardest for the good of the colony. He said that Boucher's seigneury, which came to be called Boucherville, was one of the finest in all of New France. Pierre Boucher lived to be 95 years old. He died in Boucherville in 1717. He had lived in New France for 82 years. Jeanne lived to be 91. She died in 1727. During their long lives together, Jeanne Crevier Boucher gave birth to 15 children. She and Pierre reared them all to adulthood. In his old age, Pierre wrote down his last wishes. He told his children that he had done what he could to live without reproach, and he encouraged them to try to do the same. By the way, the community of Boucherville has continued to do things right. In 2015, Money Sense magazine named it the best place to live in Canada. Many descendants of Pierre and Jean Boucher still live in Canada. A statue of Pierre Boucher stands in front of the Parliament building in Quebec City, along with statues of other heroes and notable citizens of Quebec. Later generations of the French in New France were caught up in the Seven Years' War, also called the French and Indian War, between France and Great Britain. The war began in Europe in 1756 and spread to the New World. In 1759, the British defeated New France at Quebec City during the Battle of the Plains of Abraham. The era of New France came to an end, and Great Britain took control of Quebec and all of what became Canada. After the fall of New France, a few Boucher descendants moved south. One of those was Pierre's great-grandson, Jacques-Timothy Boucher-Sieur de Montbrun, who moved to Illinois country. Timothy later shortened his name to Timothy de Montbrun. In Middle Tennessee, we pronounce his last name de Montbrun.
As his descendants have spread across the country, several different spellings and pronunciations have developed. Timothy de Mumbrian had been born in Boucherville in 1747. In 1768, Timothy moved with his wife to the French settlement of Kaskaskia on the Mississippi River in Illinois country. In 1770, when he was just 22 years old, Timothy was named a Justice of the Peace. His appointment to this position at such a young age indicates his education and maturity and the respect which the residents of Kaskaskia held for him. Timothy's work was in hunting and fur trading with native peoples in the area. In 1775, Timothy ventured further south to the area near the Cumberland River that would become Nashville, Tennessee. He began spending his winters there and his summers in Kaskaskia. Timothy became an officer in the American cause for independence from Great Britain. In 1783, Timothy was named Lieutenant Governor of the Northwest Territory, a position he held until 1786, when he resigned from that position and from his rank in the American military. He decided to move to Nashville permanently, which was by then an established settlement. Timothy set up a business in Nashville and became a prominent citizen there. The first Catholic Mass in Tennessee was conducted in Timothy's home in Nashville in 1821. When the Marquis de Lafayette visited the United States on his final tour in 1825, Timothy was present at the banquet held in Nashville in Lafayette's honor. On that occasion, Timothy was toasted as, quote, the grand old man of Tennessee and the first white man to settle in the Cumberland country. Timothy died in 1826. Just as a statue of Pierre Boucher stands outside the Parliament building in Quebec City, a statue of his descendant, Timothy de Mumbrian, stands in Nashville between First Avenue North and the Cumberland River. But the de Mumbrian story does not end there. Timothy's descendants have spread across the United States. One of his great-great-great-great-great, that's five great-granddaughters, is my wife, Charlene Notgrass. Charlene and I are members of the Timothy de Mumbrian Heritage Society, which keeps de Mumbrian descendants connected and takes trips to places that highlight their de Mumbrian and French-Canadian ancestry. I'll tell you briefly about two special trips we have taken with the group. In 2017, several of us went to Boucherville, Quebec, for the celebration of the 350th anniversary of the city's founding. We met Boucher descendants from Canada, the United States, and France. It was a delightful trip, and we saw many places related to Pierre's life and his family's life. Just a couple of weeks ago, society members traveled to St. Genevieve, Missouri, along the Mississippi River, the oldest town in Missouri, founded in the early 1700s, just across from Kaskaskia, Illinois. This town of 4,400 residents has done an excellent job of preserving and maintaining French heritage and architecture. You might not be able to go to Boucherville in Canada, but I encourage you to try to visit St. Genevieve. It's a beautiful place that will reward you richly for your visit. Now that I've told you a bit about our family history, I'd like to offer a few observations from our experiences that might help you. First, I'm reminded that there are many treasures awaiting your discovery. I knew a little about the French in Canada and some of them coming to the United States, especially in Louisiana, 
But St. Genevieve opened up to us stories about accomplished French citizens and about French culture and French architecture that the town has preserved. Our country has a rich heritage from people of many lands who have lived here and continue to live here and come here. Second, I encourage you to get to know something about your family history. You can read about major events and important people in the history books, but you might be surprised at the personal connections you have to those times and places. Third, you never know the people you might meet who will enrich your lives. The Timothy DeMumbrian Heritage Society is a really neat, fun group. We always have a great time together. And while we were in St. Genevieve, we met another tourist, a man from California who didn't know about the group, but it turns out his wife, who passed away a few years ago, was also a descendant of Pierre Boucher. A Vietnam veteran, he became part of our group, and we enjoyed our time with him and his current wife, a sweet lady who was born on Taiwan and is now an American citizen. They enjoyed our group about as much as we enjoyed them. Studying history is great fun and an enriching experience. Learning about history, especially your history, opens many doors for you even today. My thanks to Charlene for writing much of the material in today's podcast. I'm Ray Notgrass. I hope you have enjoyed exploring history with me today. Merci et au revoir. This has been Exploring History with Ray Notgrass, a production of Notgrass History. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app, and please leave a rating and review so that we can reach more people with our episodes. If you want to learn about new homeschool resources and opportunities from Notgrass History, you can sign up for our email newsletter at exploringhistorypodcast.com. This program was produced by me, Titus Anderson. Thanks for listening.